ಕುಂಭಕೃತುಂಡ ಮಹಾಕಾಯ ಸೂರ್ಯಕೋಟಿ ಸಮಪ್ರಭಾ ನಿರ್ವಿಘ್ನ ಕುರುಮೇ ದೇವ ಸರ್ವಕಾರೇಶು ಸರ್ವದಾ ಧ್ಯಾನಮೂಲ ಗುರೋರ್ಮೂರ್ತಿ ಮಂತ್ರಗೂಲ ಮಂತ್ರ ಮಂತ್ರಮೂಲ ಗುರುರ್ವಾಕ್ಯ ಮೋಕ್ಷಮೂಲ ಗುರೋರ್ಕೃಪಾ ಪೂಜಾಮೂಲ ಗುರೋರ್ಪದಂ ಸರ್ವಮಂಗಲಮಂಗಲ್ಯೇ ಶಿವೇ ಸರ್ವಾರ್ಥ ಸಾಧಿಕೆ ಶರಣ್ಯ ತ್ರಂಬಕೆ ದೇವಿ ನಾರಾಯಣಿ ನಮೋಸ್ತುತೆ ಓಂ ಯಾದೇವಿ ಸರ್ವಭೂತು ಮಹಾಲಕ್ಷ್ಮೀ ರೂಪೇಣ ಸಂಸ್ಥಿತ ನಮಸ್ತೈ 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 ನಮೋ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಭಗವತೆ ಶ್ರೀ ಸಜಾನಂದಾಯ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಅಕ್ಷರ ಪುರುಷೋತ್ತಮ ಮಹಾರಾಜಾಯ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುಣಾತೀತಾನಂದ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ತಥಾ ಗೋಪಾಳಾನಂದ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ತರ್ವೇ ಪರಮಂಸೇಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ರುದ್ರಾಯ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಹನುಮತೆ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗಣೇಶಾಯ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಹನುಮತೆ ಭಯಭಂಜನಾಯ ಸುಖಂ ಕುರು ಭಟ್ ಸ್ವಾಹಾ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ರಾಧಾಕೃಷ್ಣಾಯ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಸಿಯಾವರ ರಾಮಚಂದ್ರಾಯ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಉಮಾಮಹೇಶ್ವರಾಯ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಸರ್ವೇಭ್ಯೋ ದೇವೇಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಸ್ತೋತ್ರ ಅಖಂಡಮಂಗಲಾಕಾರ ವ್ಯಾಪ್ತ ಮೇನಚರಾಚರ ತತ್ಪದ ದರ್ಶಿತ ಮೇನ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುವೇ ನಮಃ ಅಜ್ಞಾನತಿಮಿರಾಂದಾಂಜನಶಲಾಕೆಯ ಚಕ್ಷುರು ಮಿಲಿತ ಮೇನ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುವೇ ನಮಃ ಗುರುರ್ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಗುರುರ್ವಿಷ್ಣು ಗುರುರ್ದೇವೋ ಮಹೇಶ್ವರ ಗುರುರೇವ ಪರಂ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುವೇ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಕೆ ವೆಲ್ಕಮ್ ಟು ಡೈಲಿ ಸತ್ಸಂಗ್ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಕಂಟಿನ್ಯೂಯಿಂಗ್ ಅವರ್ ಕಾಂಟೆಂಪ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಆನ್ ದ ಥರ್ಡ್ ವರ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಗುರು ಸ್ತೋತ್ರ ಗುರುರ್ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಗುರುರ್ವಿಷ್ಣು ಗುರುರ್ದೇವ ಮಹೇಶ್ವರ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಕಂಟಿನ್ಯೂಯಿಂಗ್ ಅವರ್ ಕಾಂಟೆಂಪ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಆನ್ ದ ವಿಷ್ಣು ತತ್ವ ಸೊ ವಿ ವಿಲ್ ಅಪ್ರೋಚ್ ದಿಸ್ ಟುಡೇ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಎ ಡಿಫ್ರೆಂಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಗಲ್ ದೆನ್ ವಟ್ ವಿ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಬಿನ್ ಕಂಟಿನ್ಯೂಯಿಂಗ್ ಸೋ ಫಾರ್ ಇಫ್ ವಿ ಲುಕ್ ಎಟ್ ದ ವಿಷ್ಣು ಸಹಸ್ರನಾಮ ದಿ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ನೈನ್ ನೇಮ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಭಗವಾನ್ ವಿಷ್ಣು ಆರ್ ಎಸ್ ಫಾಲೋಸ್ ವಿಶ್ವಂ ವಿಷ್ಣು ವ ಷಟ್ಕಾರ ಭೂತ ಭವ್ಯ ಭವತ್ ಪ್ರಭು ಭೂತ ಭವ್ಯ ಭವತ್ ಪ್ರಭು ಭೂತಕೃತ್ ಭೂತಭೃತ್ ಭಾವ ಭೂತಾತ್ಮ ಭೂತಭಾವನ ಸೊ ದೀಸ್ ಆರ್ ದ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ನೈನ್ ನೇಮ್ಸ್ ನಾವು ದ ಥರ್ಡ್ ಒನ್ ವಿ ವಿಲ್ ಎಕ್ಸಾಮಿನ್ ಟುಡೇ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಬಷಟ್ಕಾರ ದ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಇಸ್ ದ್ಯಾಟ್ ಫಾರ್ ಹೂಮ್ ದ ಸ್ಯಾಕ್ರಿಫೈಸಲ್ ವರ್ಸಸ್ ಆರ್ ಅಟರ್ಡ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಯಗ್ನಸ್ ಸೊ ವಟ್ ಇಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಮೀನ್ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಆಲ್ ಯು ನೋ ದಿ whenever a yagna is performed there are different sounds that are present there for example when we do the chamunda devi mantra we we do the om aim rim klim chamundai vicha om glom hum klim jum sahaj walaya jwalaya jwala jwala prajwala prajwala aim rim klim chamundai vicha jwala ham samlam kshan thak swaha so this entire sequence and we do the fat swaha like this you know so the sacrificial verses are in the vedas in fact all of the vedas are sacrificial verses they're yagna now this is this is a very uh extensive subject 
uh, it would require many years to cover this subject, obviously, and I'm not even that well trained in that. I have some training to some extent I can talk about this, but there are those who have spent their entire life in the study and practice of yagnas and of different home havan, different mantra sadhana, etc. We have done to some extent, you know, which is good for us. Uh, so let's see if I can, by the grace of all the gurus and the sages and Bhagwan Vishnu can open this third uh, name of Sri Vishnuji and then connect that with the overall stotram that we are considering, the Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu stotra. Shri Vishnave Namaha, Sri Krishnaya Namaha. So, first of all, yagna is what? What is yagna? Yagna is offering. But it's not just offering, it's more than that. It is offering to God, the one supreme God, because God is only one. Whatever we are offering, we're offering so that what we are offering is transformed into divine energy. So when we do the Havan or Hom, like we say Homam, you know, in those different temples, right? There's Ganesha Homam, Vishnu Homam, there's Devi Homam, so many are there. All different substances are offered into the sacrificial fire. This was the actual discovery of the rishis, as we've been talking about, you know, in our series, that when the fire is lit, and when we use a sound vibration, just take for example, we say Om, Om. But then we have, let's say we have some leaves, and we take the leaves in our hand and we place in the fire, Om Svaha. What happens in this? The word Svaha is not just a word. It is another discovery of the rishis. This is the most interesting thing. It's not just any word. See, Sanskrit is not just a language. It is a connection into the supramental dimension. So just simply we say Om Svaha. So the Rishis discovered that we they discovered the Om and then they lit the fire. And they say if we chant the mantra Om and we offer with devotion, because we cannot understand even our own mind, how can we understand God? So we ask God to transform us from inside out. And hence, you take even just a few leaves with love, with Shraddha, with Bhakti Bhav, with Yagniya Bhav, meaning sacrificial Bhav. And when we offer that into the Havankund, Om Svaha, with all of those qualities inside for and, and the intention inside, then that is connecting with Bhagavan Paramatma, and in this case, Bhagavan Vishnu. Because the Mool Swarup is one, which is in Bhagavad Gita chapter 15, 
it's very clear tasmat charamati toham aksharadapi chottama atosmi vete atosmi loke vedesha praditah purushottama usme shar akshar aur purushottam ye teen baat gita mein aati hai to wo jo mool swarup hai jo akshar brahm se par hai wo bhagwan ka mool swarup hai aur brahma vishnu shiv ye sab ishwar koti mein aate hai but sab uska aur sab origin to ek hi hai theek hai na so when we are offering from where we are in this earthly plane if you remember the the 14 lokas and all from where we are when we are offering a fruit a leaf patram pushpam phalam toyam yomam yomam bhakta bhakta prayachati bhagavad gita sri krishna is saying you can offer me a fruit or leaf you know uh, sometimes in our in our minds we say we should make these big donations yeah if you have if you want to and if you are able to make you know hundreds of thousands of dollars a donation for the benefit of the sansar and build temples and things like that adbhut baat hai koi baat nahi no problem nonetheless sri krishna is opening the door for the god realization for everyone and what did he say patram pushpam phalam toyam that you can just take a leaf one leaf can lead to god realization kya baat hai have you have you imagined this thing that one leaf one fruit can lead to god realization that is what verse that is the third name vashatkara that is what that is referring to that when we take a leaf when we take a piece of fruit and we have a havan that is going on and with bhav with devotion because we cannot imagine the infinite impossible we cannot imagine who is vishnu the rishis in when they reach the gunatit state beyond the body consciousness yes they can see the virat narayan or by grace of god they can you know by the, by the grace of the parmatma the rishis can see god wo kuch alag baat hai but for where we are we have to rely on tradition to some extent faith to some extent faith tradition and our own anubhav which is the most important thing so when as i mentioned if you take a piece of fruit like a half a apple or a slice of apple hold in the hand we say om swaha as soon as that is done that depending on the intention where you know what is the intention in our system there is going to be a purification and a transmutation of our power and of that fruit also into the fire essence and then from there it actually reaches the parmatma because we cannot imagine the parmatma and the fire ye jo agni tatva hai we always have agni tatva as as a break into a different reality and then based on our intention that is bhagwan vishnu present inside that agni tatva there is agni dev actually it is agni dev when we light a lamp wo jo hum diya karte wo agni dev hai but inside the agni dev is vishnu tatva and inside the vishnu tatva is the mool paramatma 
is inside inside the Vishnu Tattva is Mahavishnu and within Mahavishnu is Akshara Brahma and within Akshara Brahma is Parabrahma. Aksharatit Paramatma. So we use, so the lamp that is there actually has God within all the different manifestations just within a small lamp. If we have the if we can understand it that way. Or Bakito Voto Hehi, but when we use the mantra that was discovered. Then the sacrificial verses that are talked about in the Vedas, like Purusha Suktam, Shri Suktam, there are Agni Sutram, uh, Agni Suktam, Bahat Kuch hai, Susme. There are so many different, different sacrificial verses in the in the four Vedas. And they are intense. Most people don't know them, obviously. They have proper training. Ten to fifteen years of training is required in just to understand one Veda. And each Mantra has to be pronounced under under the guidance of the Guru, and then the the student has to observe Brahmacharya, has to f stay at the feet of the Guru. There's so much required to learn those Ved mantras, and Ved mantras are at they are the direct connection with the whole reality, Ved and Vedant. Vedant is the end part of the Veda, so they are also Ved mantras actually, but we say Vedant because they are the Upanishad. They are talking about the Brahma Tattva. So, sacrificial verses, these are the actual verses in the Vedas. Now, for example, um, you know, the Vishnu Sahasranam is actually from the Mahabharat. So, this what we're studying here, this is in the Mahabharat actually. I don't know if you know that or not, but the whole Vishnu Sahasranam, 1000 names are in the Mahabharat. And that is actually spoken by Bhishma Pitama to Yudhishthir and the Pandavas when on the lying on the bed of arrows. That's where this came from. That's the incident that has been placed there. Or maybe it ha actually happened that way. And then the Bhagavad Gita is also from the Mahabharat. So from the Mahabharat, the two things to take away from the Mahabharat, leaving all the wars and confusion, hatred and all that, all that disastrous stuff between the wars that were going on, if you leave, I mean, that's just part of the sansar. There's a lot to learn from that too. But if you leave those things aside, the, the jewels to be extracted from Mahabharata are Vishnu Sahasranam and Bhagavad Gita. And Bhagwan Swaminarayan did exactly that. He, he extracted them and placed them in Shikshapatri and gave Aginat to his disciples to study them. He says, from this massive scripture, these are the two things you need. Vishnu Sahasranam and the Bhagavad Gita. So, so the Sacrificial bhav, meaning that when there is havan done, there is a process that eventually got set up for the connection with Paramatma. And if it is done correctly with proper bhav and good feeling and intention, the Paramatma will reveal himself in the yagna. Now, there's so much to be said. Let's see how I can approach this. See, when we are when we are offering inside the Havan Kund, whatever we are offering, leaves, fruits, different other grains and rice or whatever it is, when we are offering that, there is a transformation of the substance. And the theory at least is that that offering directly touches God. It goes to God. But what happens to us? 
our internal power gets refined. So for example, you know, we do the Bij mantras Om Aim Rim Shrim this Bij Mantra. So the sound vibration, and if you want to if we want to expand the energy within of that vibration with the havan that is done with the with the agni that in the presence of agni dev and the paramatma within when we offer the ahuti the connection is even more intense and that is why in this third verse this is talked about in terms of yagnas for whom the sacrificial verses are uttered in the yagnas because when you do a yagna, you're offering to somebody. There's actually Paramatma sitting, there's actually Paramatma there, all Vyapak and all. But there's actually Sakshat Bhagwan is there. That is monotheism. See, the difference between monotheism and pantheism is this much. Pantheism is that God has become everything. This is pantheism, or God is, only God is there. That is a pantheistic vision. Advaita Vedanta is something like this. But from a monotheistic point of view, God doesn't become everything. God is present in everything. It doesn't mean that God, Paramatma, degrades into ignorance, into an ant, into a frog, into a tree, into a human. It's not the degradation that, how did God come into ignorance? This question nobody in Advaita Vedanta can ever answer. That's why we have Vishishta Advaita Vedanta and other forms of Vedanta that may have better answers than Advaita Vedanta. Not that Advaita Vedanta is wrong, it is spoken from that higher perspective. That's why it's the all-God perspective. You know, so, so when we are offering, offering anything to Paramatma, there is the feeling in the devotee's mind that there is Paramatma. It is called Astik Bhav. For, for this third word name, Vashat Karaha, Astik Bhav means that the devotee truly believes that there is God. It is a belief. This is not something that people like J. Krishnamurti would ever accept. They wouldn't, don't want to go into that direction at all. So we'll leave that aside. That's a different approach for now, because we want to explore this particular um, name of Bhagwan Vishnu. So, if we are offering sacrifice, we have to offer to someone, isn't it so? If you're, if you're giving a gift, don't you give a gift to somebody? If I say that Sachin wants to give a gift to someone, to let's say, you know, uh, if a good friend of mine, but if I buy a gift, but if I forget the friend, there's no point. I have to have somebody in mind that I'm going to give it to. That's why Sri Krishna in the Gita says, you offer to me. You will see the word me come again and again and again in the Bhagavad Gita. He's talking constantly about the me. That is God, the Atma and the Paramatma. But if we cannot offer to anybody, then there is no devotional attitude left. Then you wind up in what is called Nirbij Sadhana. Nirbij sadhana means it's like uh, it, yes, there's no there is no growth towards God. There can be growth, but it it's it's like it's just this kind of mind just becomes silent, uh, uh, like in Buddhism, 
There's no concept of God in Buddhism. There's no worship of God in Buddhism. Bhagwan ki usme bhakti hai hi nahi in the Buddha tradition. It is about going through the different sadhana and all that. You come to a state of just clarity and mindfulness and, and then there is nothing. That's all. It's called Shunyavada. Buddha was silent on God. He never spoke about the God or the Atma. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. See, that's why Adi Shankaracharya Ji spoke directly about the Atma and maintained the Vedic tradition. In India, what had happened, all of these sacrificial verses and the Vedas and all this thing nearly got wiped out. Shankaracharya Ji saved it all and brought it back. Otherwise, Buddhism had spread to such an extent in India that the whole Vedic tradition would have been wiped out completely. So that's the history. So to prevent that from happening, Bhagwan Shiv incarnated in the form of Adi Shankaracharyaji and, and, and saved the entire Vedic tradition. And then from there, it, it continued forward. So the, because yeah, Buddha was not wrong in what he's saying. What, what, what he had to do in his life at that time, that was correct. Because he pretty much got rid of the Vedas, he got rid of all these sacrifices, he got rid of everything, and he says, come to a balance point and come to a centering and all. That's all fine. But there's no idea of God in there. There's no connection with God anywhere. So in that sense, things, verses, scriptures like Vishnu Sahasranam are very close in their approach to the Judaism uh, Christianity and Islam with regards to the following point, with regards to a monotheistic worship, worship of a one monotheistic God. That is what this is about. Now, there are those who can take Vishnu Sahasranam and interpret it not in a monotheistic way, but in a monistic way. So now you've got three things. You've got monotheism, pantheism, monism, and you also have, and you also have this, this Buddha's approach that is Shunyavad. So to really understand the essence of the verse, the, this third name, you can actually look at that third name from all four of these perspectives and different commentators and different acharyas have given their perspectives on all four in, in their own way I'll just briefly talk about it from a monistic point of view monistic means what one without a second that there is one paramatma there's no separate jivatma no separate maya no separate you know it's all paramatma and its power paramatma's dynamic power the paramatma is the Jivatma. This is an expression. So that is a perspective. It is a perspective where God is the Jiva, is now playing the role of a Jiva. This is what Advaita Vedanta is saying that you are the infinite. So if that's the case, then all of the yagnas that are done and mantras that are done and all of this is only for the rediscovery that you are God. That's a shocking statement. How can, you know, somebody says to me or somebody says to you, you are actually God. 
what are you talking about? I have this body, I have this mind, I, my intelligence is limited. What do you mean I am God? What is that supposed to mean? So the Advaitic point of view is that if you take these mantras and havan and yagna and everything, like karma kand and all, you take it further, 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 that will energize your system, revitalize your system, and it will open up the Vishnu Tattva inside and you will say that that is me. I'm not Sachin, I'm not this mind, I'm not this body, I'm not these desires, I am that. So Advaita speaks from that realized state. But without that realized state, one who just simply talks about that realized state, then the ego will get hold of it. And then one will be caught in the illusion of Brahmavidya. So to prevent that from happening, that is why in the Vishnu Sahasranam, this is a worship of Bhagwan Vishnu. Ye bhakti hai Bhagwan ki. So to prevent that false problem, that, that difficult problem from, uh, from occurring, that could happen on the Advaitic side and then on the, on the, Buddha, the, the Buddhism side, and all, there is no concept of even God. So to, to, to eliminate those, those problems, Vedavyasji, through the prasanga of Bhagwan of of of, uh, of Sri Krishna Bhagwan and and um, and Bhishma Pitama, who's lying on that bed, these thousand names were placed inside the Mahabharata as a devotional modality to connect with Paramatma for the masses, and that is the monotheistic approach. Mono means one, theistic means one God, one Paramatma actually is there with form. Uska akar bhi hai. It's not simply light. Because in the Advaita, they will say, many will say there's the Brahma Jyoti. There's a divine light, which Divya Prakash kehte hai. Wo Divya Prakash hai, it is there. If you go into Gunati's state, there's a divine light. It's a divine light. But that light is coming from the body of God. So Ramanujacharya and other Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and all these others who are on the devotional side, Sajanan Swami and, and, and even Ramakrishna Paramans in the gossip of Ramakrishna Paramans, you will see there are places where he has also said this. That God is actually there with form, but because that light is so intense, you cannot see that form. You know, so Bhagwan actually is present. That's what the Rishis are saying. And in this case, Vashatkara, that the utterances, when we utter the mantra, the mantra is the sound vibration connection. In fact, it is God in the form of that mantra. You know, we say, Ya Devi Sarvabhuteshu Mantra Rupena Saustita Namastase, 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 Namo Namaha. See, the mantra is God. When we speak the mantra, the mind is now resonating with that divine tattva. Divya Tattva, 
and the mind begins the resonance with that divitatva that our consciousness begins to uplift into that state and that upliftment of our psychological consciousness into the divine consciousness can only 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 happen through sacrifice sacrifice meaning through sacrificing and letting the ego dissolve at the feet of god nirmana moha jita sanga dosha as i mentioned before bhagavad gita that that sacrifice of the ego is the highest sacrifice which is what the what even the sadhak has lot of difficulty with and that technology of using the way the mantras and other mantras and shlokas and other things like that in terms of sacrificing and save i mean of course seva and all those things are done but particularly in this case we're talking about these sacrifices in the in the yagnas when that is done and the sadhaka reaches the stage of such devotion such love is there for god that he wants to just go himself inside the havan kund that doesn't mean people should jump inside the havan kund that's not what that means you know that's a mis- misunderstanding that happened right some people they say you jump inside the inside the yagna or they push people inside the yagna these these things have happened also sometimes the the, the uh, a wife's uh, husband dies and then they force her to go inside the inside the inside the pyre and all that crazy things were happening before in the history of india and throughout the world also but that's not what that means it has to do with sacrificing the ego even this isko jo jisko pashu hinsa kehte hai they wish to sacrifice the animal and the animal's energy you get and then and then that helps you maybe there is some truth to that. i don't know anything about that so i won't say anything about that but all i can tell you is that it has to do with sacrificing our transforming our animal nature because at at those in that at that time humanity was not evolved at that time it's a barbaric state so the rishis had to find some way to take the barbaric humanity and bring it to some human level and that's that's the history behind that you know so 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 the reality so the reality so the reality is that is that when we are sacrificing the ultimate sacrifice is of the vasnas and ego and all of our hamare jo sab dosh hai we let them all go and we say only the parmatma only bhagwan vishnu is only there and in the presence of the havan kund based on level of shraddha jitni shraddha prabal hoti hai the more shraddha there is to that extent the effulgences of the parmatma is present with us amazing amazing it is another approach it is the approach through yagna through havan through the through using the agni by igniting the agni dev and then connecting with that energy it is a it is a discovery it is a science it is a psycho spiritual science now i want to mention two more things before we stop the uh, conversation here today there is something called gnyan yagna and yog yagna this is in the gita also and in vachanamrutam garada madhya number 8 vachanamrut there is this uh, discussion about this to hum jo abhi kar rahe this kind of uh, contemplation isko gyan yagna yagna kehte hain 
we are taking our energies and contemplating on higher ideas, on the scriptural ideas as revealed by the rishis. The more we contemplate on them and through bhajan bhakti also as a support, this is called jnana yagna. Yoga yagna is when we are taking our internal power and our mental ability and directing it towards Paramatma, connecting it with God. So Gnan Yagna and Yoga Yagna complement each other. And the third complement to that, like a triangle, is the actual Havan that is done. And this is, over the years in my life, this has been, become fairly clear to me that this is a triangle. These three, when they are in place, when we have all three in place, the Gnan Yagna, Yoga Yagna, and we actually have the Havan Yagna that is done, you know, the sacrificial uh, fire that is lit, and then, and then we do all the mantras there. When we pull the three together, with those three pulling together, is the Vishnu Tattva, Guru Vishnu, at that point the Guru Tattva awakens when you pull the three together. See this point, it's a very interesting one. A fascinating point. Some people are doing only trying to just connect with God in dhyana and meditation like that. But they don't do jnana yagna. So then you know what happens? They cannot connect properly. They connect to some extent. Their mind spins because of the lack of clarity. Some people are only interested in jnana. They just want to just keep listening and learning and learning and learning. But they don't want to actually sit down and do any meditation to connect with Paramatma. So that also, there's a deficiency there. There are those who are just ritualistic. Sab karna. You do this mantra, do, do this sadhana, do this havan, do this homam, do this, do this, do this, do this archana, do this puja. Yeah, just keep doing this. Just ritual oriented. But they don't have gnan part, gnan yagna or, or, or yoga yagna. Or they may have some deficiencies in both of them. So, so then the ritual does help. If you take it further, eventually you'll want to do the other two. And that, that's the interesting part. If a prasadika takes any one of those three and takes it further, the other two will be given to the sadhaka. Opportunity will be given by God to develop them so that the full realization of the atma can eventually occur when you pull the three together. There's your triangle. And vashatkara in the for whom for whom the sacrificial verses are uttered in the yagnas, for whom in the center of that triangle is Bhagwan Vishnu, is Ananda Bindu, is the, is the goddess, is God, Paramatma. And that center is us. In Vachanamrut, in Vachanamrutam Garada Madhya 13, Maharaj has put, described clear, clearly that there is this infinite light and that is in the heart, Radayakash. And there is a the Paramatma is residing there, within the heart, within this spiritual light. So to get to that stage of realizing God within, or opening that doorway internally, is possible when we pull the three together, and with all the satsang and everything is inside there, the teachings of the Gurus, all of that is in the Gnana Yagna part. Gnana Yagna, Yoga Yagna, and the and the Havan Yagna, or the Shri, I mean this, like, like the, um, what is that called? Any kind of Havan that is done, any kind of sacrificial 
process that is shown by uh, in the Vedic tradition with, with any of the deities, whether it's Vishnuji, Shivji, Devi, Shri, it could be, doesn't matter. But when you pull the three together, the movement of consciousness into Ananda is going to happen. And that Ananda is forever. When, when the Ananda opens, all of the polarities of the mind have stopped. Dvandatitam gagana sadrusham. We've looked at that verse, remember? Brahmanandam paramasukadam kevalam gnanamurtim dvandatitam. That state begins to show up. And when that state begins to show up, the bondages fall away, the shackles of Maya fall away. Wow. And one lives like a lion in this world. One lives as a liberated being in this world. One is at the feet of God as a devotee and one is the king of this world. That's the real king. You know, in Christianity, they, they have the Jesus as showing with the, 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 the crown of thorns, right? You've seen that image, right? Before he was, being, before he was crucified, he said, you, you want to be a king, so they put that crown of thorns. But that's the real king. Because he's, 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 living, he's living for the purpose of the, for, for, for the whole of creation. He's not living in body consciousness. He's asking God to forgive them for they do not know what they do when he's being crucified. He's, even though there's tremendous pain and everything is going on, he's asking for God to forgive because he has, he's an awakened being. He can see the full reality. This whole point is in Chikshapatri also. Bhagwan Swami he says, those who hurt you, curse you, do other things, wish well for them. You know, so, so that is the kingly state. In Vachanamruta also, Garada Madhya number 12. Garada is a village, by the way. I keep giving these references, you may, may not know. It's a village in, in Gujarat. That's where Sajanan Swami spoke a lot of his teachings. So there's something called Rajniti, that you are the king inside. You're this Atma, you're not, you're not the slave. You know, the mind is mind and its craziness has become the king. The mind is only a minister. You're the Atma is the king. But the reverse has happened. The Atma has become the slave as the Jivatma, trapped in the cycle of birth and death. That's the whole point. So when when we realize this, these three, Gnana Yagna, Yoga Yagna, and the sacrificial heavens that are done. But all gurus are present, all teachers are present, all scriptures. When we pull the three together and we live within that, within that realm of these three, then what happens? What is our life like? We evolve into a liberated free being. Jisko jivan mukta kehte hai. Adbhut stiti hai. Nobody in this sansar can touch that being's joy the sansar may blow apart nothing will happen to that joy the sansar may sansar is is a flux only or look at the whole advaitic tradition look at the scriptures there is no mother there is no father there in fact it is written there's no guru also and that's the interesting point because when you have guru there is duality but when you are in the state of the Guru, the difference between you and Guru disappears. 
Hence, Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo Maheshwara. See, see the, see the intense, infinite truth that is in that one verse, which we have been contemplating on daily. Avdud Gita, Dattatreji. He said that Guru Tattva is there. But when you realize the, when you are in enlightened state, there is no guru. Because the guru and the you, you have come to the, you're merged inside. Guru is there to the point where there is ignorance. When the ignorance is gone, where is the issue of guru at that point? There is only Paramatma left. It's like this. If you are inside the sun, there's no concept of darkness even. But the, if we are away from the sun, there is light and dark. There is day and night. But if you're living inside the form of Paramatma in this triangular way that we're saying, where is the issue of Maya and darkness? Then the quick evolution happens. All the gurus are present. You, you as a human being do not exist anymore in the limitation. You and the guru become one. That is called Soham Shivoham Ayam Atma Brahma Tattvamasi Pragnananam Brahma. These are the Mahavakyas. We take the Vedic Vedas and you go into the Vedanta and if you extract all of that, there are six Mahavakyas. The great st statement Soham, I am that. I am Atma Brahma. This me, the Atma is the Brahma Tattva. This is Advait Vedanta. Pragnananam Brahma, but even in all of that, Tattvamasi, even in all of that, the caution is, while we are embodied, never under any circumstances damage bhakti. Kabhi bhi aisa hona nahi chahiye ke hum Brahma gyani ho gaye, ab kisi ki bhakti karni. This has happened to a lot of people. Kisi, kis ki bhakti karni. There, there are sannyasis in India based on my study at least, I, I may, may have met some of them over the years, but they actually do not worship anybody. If they go into a temple, they may go into a temple, they will say, the deity that is inside the temple, that's me. <laughs> Think about this. This is, this is what, what they, they will never fold their hands and bow down. They say, if I bow down to somebody, to any deity, I am in duality and that is Maya and that is Agnan. That is their understanding. Think about this. Maybe if they're at such a stage where everything is one, maybe there's... But see, people have taken Advaitic ideas and it is a, it, it is, it is a very dangerous thing to do, do that kind of stuff. Isiliye, Bhagwan Swaminarayan is very interesting. He gave Paramansa Diksha, but he asked everybody that you have a Shaligram or you have a form of Krishna. You worship always. Never, never, never under any circumstances damage Bhakti. The moment bhakti is damaged towards God, ego is going to prop up and is going to create havoc. Ego will get hold of the Brahma Vidya and make it, put it in, inside its realm. Now it's no longer true Brahma Vidya. It is based on the ego's, ego's agenda. It has happened to a lot of, lot of people. And to prevent that from happening, Vishnu Sasranam is there as a devotion. 
Bhagavad Gita is there as a devotional scripture. In, in Bhagavad Gita, he's in look at chapter number 12. Mayavesha Manoemam Nitya Yukta Upasate. See the word upasana is there. You do you you nitya yukta continuously you worship me, God is saying. Yes, there are states where you will be one with me. That's true. But never to damage devotion. And you can see how emphatically I feel about this. The, the, the reason I'm Sachin is saying this is because there is a massive danger as one progresses forward where, where somebody will say, Bhakti kya hai? Sab ritual hai, sab bakwas hai, SI, SI, sab ritualism hai, sab andashraddha hai. This is the danger. Or isme se bhakti ka nash ho jata hai. Jab bhakti ka nash ho jata hai, ahankar is going to show up, guaranteed. In Vachanamrut, Sajanan Swami has said, stated, even if you are in the Brahmic state, there can be even some ego of that too. Uh, I, he, I, as far as I know, I don't think anybody else has ever even made such a statement. How can there be any ego in the Brahmic state? But he said there can be. I mean, it's a more esoteric discussion. It's not like our kind of ego. It, it has to do with some differentiation that we see with others, even in the Brahmic state. It's unbelievable that these things are so intense actually you know so in simple language bhagwan ki bhakti but but i do want to point out one more thing i, I boy i tell you we seem to never seem to have enough time by time i felt there is an incident i'll tell you you'll find it interesting and then we'll close today hanumanji has stated the following hanumanji stated that when i am in body consciousness I am the devotee of Sri Rama. When, but when I'm sitting myself in, in meditation, dhyan, there are times when I feel that Rama is within me and I'm within him. So Swami Chinmayananda explained this incident this way, that when there is body consciousness and we are within the realm of our vasanas and desires and all those kinds of things, tremendous devotional attitude needs to be adopted. That is dvaita, duality. Then the, when Hanumanji is saying that sometimes I feel Rama is within me and I am within Rama. That is Vishishta Advaita. That is the qualified non-dualism. And then Hanumanji also said, I am Rama. That is Advaita. So Swami Chinman explained this way. It's a beautiful, it's a very correct way of explaining this thing. Adbhut Bhate Sabkuch. Good Lord, I'm so sorry about the time. I, I, I just can't seem to keep my time. I'll try to keep my things to 30 minutes each time because I, I want to make sure we do all the other mantras and all. All right, so sorry about that. Let's stop here.